Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Good morning, everybody. Today, I am living my passion. I was driving here uh, in the car thinking about the things that I'm thankful for, and I thought about how thankful I am to have this show, to be absolutely passionate about people, especially people who are changing the world, and I am so privileged to get to meet those. And and here's, here's a story about the power of intention before I invite my next guest on. As I often say through my book, I mention this in my book and when I speak on stage, that intention fuels intuition. Let me say that one more time. Intention fuels intuition. So if you put your intention out there, then your intuition, your subconscious will be looking for opportunities or even creating opportunities to fulfill that intention. And as we all know, It's when preparation and opportunity meets that success is created. So here's a story for you. I'm flying. Last week was crazy. I was in L.A., flew from L.A. to Phoenix, Phoenix to Orlando, Orlando to San Diego, all in in just uh, over a week. So it it was a really crazy week last week. But on one of my flights, my longest one from Orlando to San Diego, I go to get on the plane. I sit down in my row, and there's two people by me, and we get talking. And I just feel drawn to talk to them. Sometimes. I talk to people on the plane. Sometimes I don't. And one of the the men in my row is this, you know, he looks like a pretty strong kid. And he tells me that he's just been trying out for the football team or flew down to talk to the football team in Orlando to play football down there. Get talking to him about his life. And he tells me about his mom. And his mom is attempting to break a Guinness book of world records to get the most people possible in a stadium uh, for comedy and charity. And I'll let her explain that a little bit more. Yes, that's my guest coming up. She is trying to fill the Rams old stadium with people. And I said, well, that's perfect because I love helping charities and nonprofits. He gave me her number. We actually had to get off the plane because of mechanical issues. I called her while we were off the plane and then we got back on the plane, had a wonderful flight with him and, and Brianna, who was sitting next to us too. But that is how I met our guest, and I'm so excited to have her. Uh, Marcelle Woodland is absolutely committed to changing the world. She has overcome uh, tragedy. She has overcome struggles. And she is committed to helping nonprofits, especially people who are helping the homeless. So, Marcelle, are you with us today? All right. Well, while we're waiting for her to come on, I just want you to think about a couple of things. And let's all just take a moment here. And, and Marcel, when you are ready, just hop on and say say hello, because we'd love to hear from you. But here's, here's the focus of the show today. And this is what I want you to think about. What things do you want to accomplish in your life? And in what ways are you trying to change the world? And I want you to set an intention right now. Like seriously, if you have your pen and paper out, if you have your phone out, I want you to think about one thing that you want to accomplish today. And the intention that I set going into the day when I met Marcelle and her son, John, uh, who connected me to her was that I wanted to connect with people that day that were changing the world. Hey, Marcelle, are you there? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, great. So glad to have you here. I've just been bragging on you this whole uh, this whole five minutes so far of the show. Oh, I couldn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said a lot of great things about you. Uh, now, you're joining us all the way from St. Louis. Is that right? I've been telling people about how you are attempting to break a Guinness Book of World Record, uh, Guinness Book World Record. And uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you're doing and how you're doing that? Yes, I uh, quite a few years ago, I submitted a proposal and did my application to attempt to break a record that was actually set in 2008 in Berlin, Germany, by a comedian. First of all, I am a comedian turned promoter. <laughs> so I'm trying to break that record of mass participation at a comedy event within the, like in a stadium. And to achieve this goal, I have to first get sponsors to cover the cost of renting the building and get people to participate for this mass participation to fill our dome stadium here in my city of St. Louis, Missouri. 
So how many people is that going to be or does that need to be? Well, to, to break the record that was uh, set, it's, if, I'm not, if I remember the number correctly, 67,333 people. So I would have to get one more person over that number. <laughs> so 6,000, how many? 67? 60? Yes. If I'm not mistaken, it was either, I would have to go back to my notes, 67,333 people. Oh, my goodness. It wasn't 67 to 63,000. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, Marcel, I've been doing events for a while, and that's a lot of people to get somewhere. So how how are you planning on accomplishing this? What are you doing? Well, I started a nonprofit last year called Operation End Homeless Mission. And I did many years of research before even trying to attempt this goal. And I've seen a lot of events where people have done raffles Mm -hmm. to give away like a dream home. Yeah. And I thought to myself, wow, why not do this as an event where the tickets to the event is actually a raffle ticket as well, in which we can use this opportunity to help people with rent and mortgage payments, to help keep their own home wow. or help them get a home. Mm-hmm. So I've been on this in-homeless mission for quite some time, and now I want to use my love of comedy and stand up for change instead of just standing up just to make people laugh or make money. So this way we do it in a mass, as a mass participation. And each person who attends the event will get a certificate entering into the Guinness World Records. You know what I think is so great about what you're doing, and I think this is something that I strive to do, and uh, probably a lot of people out there, is how do you use your gifts and talents to really help the world and to help people around you to your greatest ability? And you are doing that. You you have a talent for making people laugh, and you said, hey, that's great. People need to laugh. They need to feel good. But how can I really take this to the next level? How can I help to create change in my community by using my gift and my talent. So I I really commend you for that. And I think that that's something that all of us that are listening to you right now can can think about. And that would be my challenge for everybody listening. What is your up level to what you're doing now? How can you use your gifts and talents to help somebody to a greater degree than uh, what you're already doing right now? Yes, I agree. So tell me about... It's almost like a lottery. It's almost like a lottery. Many people play the lottery, but only a few people benefit. So with this gathering, many come to get entertained, of course. I'll be reaching out to a few celebrity comedians to hopefully get involved. And of course, it's going to take sponsors to help cover the cost and all of that that goes within planning a major event of this kind. But if we can get someone to say, hey, I want to do it because it's for good, it's for a cause, it's, it's helping someone get on their feet. Now, tell so me. I've been oh, you know, campaigning for years, just trying to get people to help me organize it. And now I'm in a position of submitting a proposal to my city's uh, convention center and Dome Stadium so that we can start getting the sponsors. So it's still a process. Yeah. Well, and and I like that you've stuck with it. I mean, this is not something that you had an idea to do a couple months ago. This is something that you've been committed to for years. Now, tell me how Michelle and Barack Obama uh, might be playing a role in this. Well, I I actually reached out to Barack when he was still in in the White House. He Mm -hmm. was still in office. And uh, I told him about my idea and what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And after he got out of office, his foundation emailed me to apply for their fellowship program. So I did that. So I'm awaiting now to see if I'm actually one of the chosen of the thousands of people who applied to be a part of their fellowship program. And that's a pretty unique uh, program that they have. But again, submitting the, the, uh, the uh, letter of invite I've just finished that, so been working on the editing to that to ask either he or his wife to possibly come and speak at the event. So now, that would be one way to help get the crowd yeah. into the the dough. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so are you kidding me? me? How are you going to do this? You're not a celebrity comedian. You're not well known. It's not about 
who I am at this moment. It's about the connections and the resources that I'm using to make this happen so that we can come together and pay it forward. I start the process of helping to get more people in my city out of homelessness or avoid homelessness. Well, you know, I love that. And and here's what I like about it. And this is my golden nugget that I take out of that is a lot of the times I think that I've been guilty of, and I'm sure other people out there can relate, is thinking, well, I'm not in a position to really help other people. Or, you know, maybe I think, well, if I was famous, or if I was rich, or if I was this, or if I was that, then I could do these things. But what you did was you said, you know, it, I can do these things. I don't have to wait until I'm famous. I don't have to wait until I've got millions of dollars. I can take the initiative now. And one of the things that I've learned, too, in this in this industry, and as I've gotten to do different events and be around different people, is the power of asking. Sometimes it's just asking. And you, that's what you did with Michelle and Barack Obama. You You wrote them a letter and you asked for help. Is that right? Yeah, well, I, like I said, I, I emailed when he was still in office, and I in turn got a, a, a email later about their organization, and then I sent another email asking, you know, what it takes to either book him or her, and then they sent me an email back saying, well, when, you're, when you are ready to send the details, da 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 this, email to this email address. Yeah. So now I'm preparing to send that that email off asking if they would. Wow. Now, tell me a little bit about your story, because you obviously have a passion for helping people that are homeless. How, how did you develop that passion? Well, I developed the passion, and like most cases, people develop a passion for something because of something that happened to them mm-hmm. or something that they saw and it just got filled with this passion to want to make a change, a stand up uh, for, to make a difference. Right. I got thrust into a homeless situation myself because I was like most people working a job, uh, many years invested into the job, got passionate about the job, and I was a United States postal carrier. And yeah, that seems like, you know, that seems like a pretty solid job, a government job, probably had some good benefits. Yes, I loved my job. I really loved that job mm-hmm. so much that when what happened to me happened to me, it was hard for me to take. It was a hard pill for me to swallow in bringing up pills <laughs> because of what happened to me. On the job, I attempted suicide four times. Wow. Now, we've got about two minutes until break, so I don't want you to get into this story yet. But when we get back from break, is this a story, what happened to you on the job? Is this something that you can share publicly? Yes. Would you be willing to do that when we come back from break? Now, before we go to break, though, I want to bring up a couple of things. Now, I have a little bit of inside information because I spent about a five-hour plane ride with your son getting to <laughs> learn a little bit more about you and your family. And then, actually, I, I think you got these pictures, too, but I had a, that dinner down in San Diego uh, a couple nights ago and actually invited him and his friends to come, and they provided some entertainment. That was really fun. But how many children do you have? I would love for our listeners to know since I already know this. I actually have nine children. Nine children. So just to set this up, when we come back from break, we're going to learn what happened to you. So you were working for the Postal Service. Nine children loved your job, had something really hard happen to you. We're going to find out what next and how you overcame that, um, what led you to really be passionate about helping the homeless people in, in your society. So, uh, Marshall, so glad that you could join us today. Here are the golden nuggets that I took out of this first segment. Uh, before we come back and hear your story is, I, th- I think the biggest thing is just to figure out what you want to do, how you're going to use your talents and gifts to change the world, 
and start doing it. The power of asking, the power of not waiting. So many times we wait. We think, well, we'll do this when. If only I had this then. But it's about creating what you want right now, finding out what you're passionate about, how you can help the world, and then just start asking the people around you to help you. And don't worry about their position. I mean, ask the president of the United States to help you. Who the heck knows, you know? <laughs> he, might, he might just do that. So, uh, Marcel, yeah. when we come back, we'll hear all about your story and how you got into helping uh, people that are homeless in your community. Uh, this is Allison H. Larson, and you're listening to Spotlight. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Listen for In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt, international media celebrity, supermodel, and renowned beauty and lifestyle expert, as well as founder and CEO of Envelop Her, multimedia platform for women, and sought-after inspirational speaker on women's issues. You'll connect with Clarissa's super influencer, celebrity friends, and experts as they speak about health, wealth, beauty, lifestyle, business, the love of giving, and the love of living a model life. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to The Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back. I'm here with Marshall, and uh, Marshall has had quite the experience in her life. She, well, first of all, she is going for quite the goal. She is trying to break a Guinness Book of World Record to get the most people gathered uh, in a in a stadium for a good cause, and she's doing that at the Rams Old Stadium in St. Louis. And Marshall, before break, you were telling us that you had something happen to you. You had a good job, nine kids, a government position, working for the, the Postal Service, uh, and, and something happened. What was that? Well, I developed uh, corporal tunnel syndrome and ended up having surgery on both uh, for the, for the co- double corporal tunnel surgery. And I was pressured because of the, the lack of uh, pay, you know, from the time off, and I had to submit paperwork for time lost and I did that and when it was time for me to get the back pay it was being held up by the the management so I was back and forth with management and the person who was supposed to tell management or the management who was supposed to tell the supervisors hey why don't we have paperwork she's done her part uh submit the, the work. So time went on, and as the time went on, my utilities were getting shut off. My oh, car wow. was repossessed. Wow. And eventually, I lost my place. So you had nine kids. Was, so, so you had nine kids. 
Mm-hmm. And you were working a good job. You had something physically happen to you that was out of your control. Uh, so you were supposed to get some payment for that lost time of work, and it just wasn't coming in. And meanwhile, you're getting your utility shut off with nine kids. Yeah, well, I, I didn't have the nine children at the time, but I, I had uh, six children and had another child. But th- this was a this was over a process, a mm-hmm. uh, period of time from the the time of the accepted for the condition and then having the surgery and the healing process. So this was the back pay that was due me wasn't coming in because of management was holding up the paperwork. Oh, wow. So what led to uh, when it happened to force me out was I stood up for myself because the supervisor confronted me because I was going over her head to the person who was supposed to force them to do their job. And she got in my face with an e-pen. At the time, I was wearing contact lenses. And she stuck me in the eye with an e-pen. What? Wait, say that again. She stuck you in the eye with a pen? She stuck me in the eye with an e-pen. Part of my light-duty position at the time was answering calls and making calls. Mm -hmm. And... I just happened to call the person who was supposed to make them do their job so that I can get my back pay. Yeah. Because I was walking to work. I was struggling just to, you know, get to work to make some money Mm -hmm. to catch up my bills. And here it was. I had $8,000 worth of back pay due me. And it was still not happening. And by that time... Even though they hadn't submitted the paperwork, it was going to take another couple of months just for me to get that back pay. So by this time, you still had a home, but you didn't have a car. You were struggling to pay your utilities. Uh, and right. when you you when you tried to uh, expedite the process because it was being held up, you were actually stabbed in the eye uh, with a pen. Um, so, wow. what What happened after that? Well... To me, it was a setup, uh, an attempt to force me to do something so I could get fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a cast on my hand. I just had one surgery, still had another surgery to go. And she, were in, she was in my face with the pen telling me to get off the phone and don't touch the phone. Mm-hmm. She didn't care if it, it, was, it was the postal inspector. But I, that, was my, that was my duty, right. my light duty. But I just happened to call the person who was supposed to make them do their job after countless, not only calls from home, calls at the job to someone related to the job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this was the argument. Why was I on the phone? But the job was for me to be on the phone. And in order for me to even make it to work, I had to have income. Yeah. So you you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it was, it was a, uh, a catch 22 like, you know, if I don't do it, this will happen. If I do do it, that'll happen. And because I did do it, this is what happened. Hmm. She wow. confronted me, got in my face, told me not to touch the phone, and then she stuck me in the eye. And when I knocked the pen out of her hand, she ran through the building yelling and screaming, saying, somebody called the postal inspector. She hit me. She hit hmm. me. Hmm. So I'm thinking, wow, her word against mine I'm already so broken down mentally because I'm in pain. I, I can't get any help to resolve at least the financial situation. And me not thinking, wow, I'm getting ready to get fired now. So I ran into the ladies' room and I OD'd off of the pain pills that I was taking on my hand. So you were so discouraged at that point, thinking that there was just no way out of your situation that uh, you yeah. you thought the world would be better off without you. Yes. And it's a story that many can relate to. Mm-hmm. So why do you think uh, why do you think God saved your life? What what happened for this for this mission? Because I had four suicide attempts throughout that whole five-year fight. Mm -hmm. So it went from not only trying to get 
justice for what she had done to me on the job. And they had a stress claim that I had to fight. So I was between grievances, uh, workman's comp claim, stress claim for the, the for the discrimination. It was it was just a slew of different things that was causing me more stress, more mm-hmm. depression. Well, and I think in life sometimes, you know, it seems like we have so many battles to fight. Sometimes we just get tired of fighting those battles. And uh, that's kind of what sounds like happened to you. So did you, were you able to keep your home during this time or did you No, did you lose it? actually we, the place that I was, I'd already sold the home that I had originally before all of this had happened because I was basically forced into selling that home because the, remember I was saying it was a long process because mm-hmm. once you start complaining about an issue, a, a work-related injury, mm-hmm. you have a long process to go through just to prove that it is a work-related Wow. Issue. So through that process, I was off work, on work, off work, on work. So I had to start using my my thrift savings money to mm-hmm. kind of like survive and, you know, fight this job issue. And now I'm in a an apartment. Well, I end up moving into another uh, rental place. And because now... I don't have the back pay coming. I lose that place. Hmm. So when I'm off work, so where did you end up living? For the, the, the stress claim, mm-hmm. and I'm still off work. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was just, just a, a snowball. Just you know? seems like one blow after another. So you know you're fighting this battle. You don't have enough money to to pay the bills. I know at one point I was talking with your son on the plane, and he said he has memories of of you guys moving from hotel to hotel or motel to motel, which is where yeah. you were living, and the bus used to drop him off by the motel. And you know his his freshman and sophomore year, he's kind of embarrassed about it, but then he realized at one point, you know, I am who I am. So <laughs> this is mm-hmm. this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. So you you really. So you had these nine kids. Were you living in these motels? I mean, how, how did that look like for you? Well, the older, the older children, mm-hmm. uh, my oldest daughter was in the military, and then mm-hmm. my oldest son, he was he was in college. So the um, the other six children and I were were ended up staying in in a in a hotel. We've been in and out of hotels for a long time. Matter of fact, that's my current position now. Mm-hmm. But I had to embrace my situation and stop running from it and use it to my advantage. So now I'm using it as an opportunity to learn from each and every person that I come in contact with that is homeless. Wow. That's living in. I mean, we have so many people living in hotels and motels now. They are the new shelters. Yeah. Well, you know, that that's really interesting. And that's what. I mean, Moses, uh, who Silo Moses, who was on on the radio show a few weeks ago, I know you listened to that. He's helping yes. uh, people in Las Vegas, and that all stemmed from him being homeless. So I think taking your experiences and being able to use those hardships to learn from, to grow from, and help others is phenomenal. And now, of course, you are on a mission to help people in a big way and to help eradicate homelessness or at least help with it in the St. Louis area. I've got one other question for you. I mean, we kind of heard your journey. We've heard your story about how you had these hardships, these suicide attempts. Uh, you've got nine kids, you're homeless, and now you're helping homeless people. But here, here's my question that I keep thinking in the back of my mind. How in, in all of this did you get into comedy? Because it doesn't seem like a very uh, uh, fun, funny life or environment that uh, would be conducive to creating your comedic talents. So where, where did that all come about? Well, I ended up having to use comedy to save my life because, like I said, I had four suicide attempts. Mm -hmm. And it was my therapist who convinced me to get back into writing. I had been writing comedy for so many years, and I actually started comedy and was inspired to actually take the stage by the one and only Cedric the Entertainer. He and I Mm. went to college together. Really? And I would see Cedric doing comedy, but I was already inspired to do comedy way before... 
I met Cedric. Mm-hmm. He just was that one person who said to me after seeing him perform and him using me and his comedic act to say, you know what, I need to finally get out here and <laughs> do what I do. I had been writing jokes for years. All while I was working for the Postal Service and other jobs that I've had, mm-hmm. I used what I saw, my experiences, even if it was something that was you know, heartfelt or something that was sad, I had to find a way to make it funny. Yeah, and I and I developed that skill from when I was a when I was a kid when I was like ten eleven years old. I was in love with Carol Burnett and yeah. Flip Wilson, and I watched those shows, mm-hmm. and I would do those just imitate, you know, the acting out. The, and then I fell in love with props and using props to to say something funny and then enhance it when I when I show something really funny. For example, let me give you an example that'll make your listeners laugh. Mm-hmm. And I know most people was thinking to themselves when we said how many children that I had, and most time the response is "Wow" or "Woo." <laughs> <laughs> and I just go right into the act. You know, that's exactly what I said to my doctor. <laughs> your prescriptions don't work. <laughs> so the doctor told me to go to Walgreens and get a. Uh, get my prescription through the drive-thru. And I was wondering, why did I have to go through the drive-thru to get my prescription? Mm-hmm. Turns out, the prescription that my doctor wrote for me was a supersized birth control pack. <laughs> so get a visual. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. That is funny. I, I, I'm a prop comic. I, yeah. When I do comedy, that's what I do. I pull out stuff out of my pocket, just, mm-hmm. you know, something to make people laugh. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's interesting. You say comedy saved your life. So, you know, I had a I had an interesting experience. My I had a um, really close family member attempt suicide. Luckily, it was a failed attempt and, and really I consider it miraculous. And, and God, you know, intervened and and helped us and and allowed him to still be with us. But after that suicide attempt, I remember thinking, you know, I want to do everything I can to help people who are struggling, who feel Mm -hmm. like they want to take their own life. And so something you said really stuck out in my mind. And and I just want to put it out there because maybe there's somebody out there listening who has been thinking about taking their own life, or maybe there's somebody they know who has been thinking about taking their own life. What would you tell them? You said comedy saved your life. And maybe it's not comedy for every but what? How would you articulate that? If there's somebody struggling, what could they do to help find that purpose and meaning in their life again? Okay, you're fading out a little bit, but I can uh, I can gather a little bit of what what you said. I would inspire someone to find that deepest burning desire to do something that they've always wanted to do. If you wanted to write a book, get started writing. Make that your baby. You nurture that. Like this project of mine, this is my 10th child that I'm trying to birth. Yeah. And you have to, I tell all of my children that all the time. If you're passionate about something, let that passion be the thing that wakes you up in the morning and the thing that makes you rest so find what you know what your purpose is yeah find your your purpose and your passion I love that and that's something you know that I when I talk to people and they come to me and they say well how do I know what my purpose is in life I say write down three things I want you to make three columns and I want you to list 10 things in each of these columns the first column I want you to list your passions 10 passions that you have in life, things that you are just passionate about, those things that when somebody asks you about them, your face lights up and your whole demeanor changes. Then in the next column, that's a column of your experiences. I want you to write 10 experiences that you have had that you can take, that you've learned from, and that you can pass that knowledge on to somebody else because there's two ways we can learn, by counsel or by consequence. And you will find purpose in counseling other people and helping them to overcome their trials. And then the third column is, gee, it's for your God-given gifts and talents. So you have a column of passions, a column of your experiences you've had in life that you've learned from. And then the last column is your gifts. What God-given gifts were you born with? What are you just really good at doing? Maybe it's connecting with people. Maybe it's being funny. 
Maybe it Mm -hmm. is being able to look at somebody and see their potential. Whatever that God-given gift is, write it down. And when you step back and look at those three columns, your passions, your experiences, and your gifts, you will see in those things your purpose that you have in life. And one of the emotional equations that I love, and I think this gets me through those times when I'm really suffering and think, am I really making a difference in the world? Is that suffering without meaning, so suffering minus meaning equals despair. When we don't have any meaning in our life, when we just seem to be suffering pointlessly, that's when we're in despair. But suffering plus meaning equals purpose. If we can find some meaning in our suffering like you did, if we can say, you know, like you did, I'm, I was homeless. I know what this is like. Now I want to take this experience. I'm going to find meaning in this. My meaning is that I have learned from this and I can now relate and help other people in that circumstance and there you found your purpose. So really impressed with what you're doing. When we come back from break, Marshall, I want to hear more and I'm sure everybody listening does too. How can we get involved in in this big event that's coming up in St. Louis. You're trying to get a lot of people, I mean, over 50,000 people. That's more people than uh, was in the town where I grew up in. And I know that my listeners are highly connected and have a great group and support system. And whether they can attend or maybe they know somebody who can help, uh, we're going to all hop on board and, and see if we can't help you. So we'll find out how coming up next. Don't go anywhere. This is Allison H. Larson. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get amplified. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim, for Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. We're on today with Marshall, who is on a mission to end homelessness in St. Louis, Missouri. And I'm sure that's just going to spread from there. Uh, she is attempting to break a Guinness Book of World Records by getting the most people gathered in a stadium uh, to enjoy comedy and to support those causes to end homelessness. So, uh, Marshall, I, I want to hear all about this event and about your nonprofit that you're running to be able to help people. Okay, well, let me first clarify to everyone that's listening and and on Facebook Live. I haven't had the approval from either uh, President Barack Obama or Michelle to come. I just started the process to reach out to them. Yes, And I am submitting my what's called request for proposal to our uh, convention center in Dome Stadium, the plan to get the dates locked in because my attendance 
the dates that I'm looking to have this event, because it's, it's also a comedy competition, a comedy festival, if you will, mm-hmm. that will span over like a week and a half time leading up to the finale, which would be the Guinness uh, World Records. I'm, I'm trying to submit all of that in no later than maybe tomorrow or at least by Friday. So this process has been going on for years. So just so you know, <laughs> uh, these are all of the steps that I'm taking to make this event happen. And I'm doing it so that this will become a annual event. And I hope that it creates a domino effect that we can do it in other cities. Because I've actually positioned myself in other states to do a pre festival or competition leading up to a much bigger mm-hmm. competition, which would be the one here, the Midwest Show Me Funny Comedy Competition. That's actually the, the, the uh, title of my for-profit business, Midwest Show Me Funny Entertainment, mm-hmm. my promotional business, and my nonprofit is Operation In Homeless Mission. So as a promoter organizing a fundraising event of this magnitude... <laughs> Is kind of like too far out there for people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Most no. Of the people in my surroundings. Well, I'm you, unafraid. You know, I've always taken on challenges. So yeah, well, and we've already got people. You know, have people on Facebook Live. Penny Latham here saying that she has an idea for you. So you guys will have to make sure and connect. I tagged you in this post, uh, Marshall. So Penny, make sure you connect with her. But I've got a great group of people that's wanting to know how to help. Do you have a website for your nonprofit? Yes, uh, uh, Operation In Homeless Mission website is inhomelessmission.org. And hopefully my other website, Midway Show Me Funny Entertainment, is up. I'm I'm working with a marketing sales and marketing guy who just came on board a little over a month ago Mm -hmm. who has been helping me kind of like clean some stuff up. Because I've been doing almost everything on my own. The the marketing, the uh, calling this place, going here. And doing all of this while in transition myself. So this is why people are looking at me and saying, well, how can you help these people if you're in that situation yourself? And I say that everyone that I meet, I had to embrace my situation. I had to use my situation in order to do this. Mm -hmm. Because if I was in a position that more stress was on me to come up with the the rent or mortgage payment or the electric and the gas and the insurance and the car note and the, you know, whatever else that on a list that needs to be taken care of. I don't have all of those. Yeah. I had to use my situation and invest into the idea, invest into the businesses, connect with people who were willing to work with me. Mm-hmm within my budget and now that's what's happening i've been utilizing uh this site called fiverr yeah yeah i'm I found familiar someone with on there to help me with my request for proposal i, I found mm-hmm. someone on there to help me write my letter to the obamas i'm getting ready to hit send on that like any day now that's so great and you know i i love that you bring that up and here's the golden nugget i take away from that is you do the best with what you have and again, that's where a lot of people make excuses. Well, I don't have the resources. No, no, no. You aren't limited by your resources. You're only limited by your resourcefulness because there's all different kinds of ways to get the resources you need. You just have to be resourceful about it. And that's something that I've learned from you. So here, here's my question to you. I've got a fantastic group of listeners. Uh, I've got a fantastic support system through Facebook, connected people, people that are wanting to help, that are wanting to make a difference in the world. So what do you need right now uh, to best support you in this endeavor? What are you looking for? Maybe there's somebody out there that can help you. Yeah, well, of course we need we need funding. Mm-hmm. And I was going to talk with um, my marketing guy about this. Uh, even though I started a GoFundMe Mm-hmm. I started a GoFundMe several years ago. Um, didn't raise much money on the GoFundMe. I think I raised maybe $400 <laughs> because I didn't have uh, what was needed to push it out there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it needs some revamping. Uh, we've got to re- do some revamping on the, on the GoFundMe page. But putting people in place that can help spread the word about my attempt and getting the the message out to more people, creating more of a buzz. I've been creating a buzz since 
I first started this attempt in 2010. Mm -hmm. That was the first year that I created a comedy competition that was the, the, the uh, kickoff. For, no one knew about the Guinness Book World Record attempt because I was still doing my research on yeah. it. I did a lot of market research before I even attempted to try to put the comedy festival part together. And, of course, and most, most plans fail. <laughs> I pulled off the event, and then I did something that most people told me that I couldn't do. I reached out to corporations that said yes. Wow. Yeah. I had no, 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 no. And two of the biggest corporations in our country, and Hazard Bush supported me in McDonald's. Wow. But I didn't know the proper way to submit a proposal to get the funding that, that was actually needed to pull off the event. Mm -hmm. But they did help me and support me. So there I sit as a new business with ties to two corporations that helped me in the past. So all I have to do is go back to these corporations and other corporations and show my improvement and yeah. show that I'm not doing this by myself. I'm building teams of people who are taking hats off of my head. Yeah. Well, you know, what really struck me in, in talking again with Silo Moses, who's doing a lot with the homeless community in Las Vegas, uh, when he was first starting what he was doing, he, he, would, he would email five media outlets every single night. And he did this for months and months until he finally yeah. got picked up and got that support. And it does take persistence, but I think something that can shorten that process is connections. So I would encourage anybody that's listening right now, if you've got a connection for Marcelle, if you've got a way to help her get the word out, I think that's where we're so powerful is when we all work together. And I know my mission in what I'm doing is I want to help good people that are making a difference in the world be able to get their message out there so we can magnify that good so we can all together raise the frequency of that planet so if you've got a platform uh, that that might be able to help Marcel, um, if you want to give her a shout out if there's any way that you could help her in her endeavor and what she's doing how could somebody get a hold of you Marcel? well uh I always put my phone number out there because it's public anyway. Uh, they can call me, text me. I know I'm getting busier and busier with, with submitting this, uh, getting this proposal finished up. I had to get the floor plans for the vending areas, mm -hmm. uh, for the floor plan for the stage within the, the stadium. So these are the things that I'm working on, currently working on now, just trying mm -hmm. to get this submitted in. Because once we get it submitted to them, they... Give us an a date. Give us the date when everything is approved by the fire marshals, and then it's just a running goal to just find people who are gonna, you know, be a vendor, be a sponsor, and who's gonna help. Because we're gonna have to come up with about probably fifteen hundred volunteers just for the Guinness Book World Record attempt. Wow! There's gonna have to be one person for every fifty people that has to be counted. Mm -hmm. I have a group on Facebook that I would love to see people flood, and it's. Uh, Operation End Homeless Mission Support Group. So and Operation End and Operation End Homeless Mission. That's okay. those are my groups. Okay. Operation End Homeless Mission and Operation End Homeless Mission Support. And what's your mm -hmm. phone number? Support group. Oh, support group. Okay. What's your what's your phone number? Uh, my phone number is three one four two four three six zero three four. Again, three one four two four three. Six zero three four, and I'm looking for any experience with organizing major events mm -hmm. as possible because it, and that's what's going to help make this ball roll a little faster. Is showing my city that we can do this because mm -hmm. we have experience, and that's what they want. They want to see experience. They already like okay, mm, okay, you do this, you do that, and I submit all of this information. I don't want them to say. Well, we don't think you could pull it off, yeah. so we're not going to accept your proposal. Well, you know, uh, but I, when you have a slew of people backing uh -huh. you up, then they know, okay, it can be done because enough people like the idea. Yeah, you know, I happen to know uh, the person who uh, helps uh, a guy. You may have heard of him, Tony Robbins. You heard of Tony Robbins? Okay, you faded out. Okay, say okay. it again. So, have you heard of Tony Robbins? 
Yes, yes. So I actually know yes. that the lady that makes all his events happen. So I'll connect you guys on Facebook. And um, oh, great. she might have great. Some, some good suggestions for you. But I love that you are courageous enough to ask for those things. Marshall, what's your last thought that you want to leave us with today? Everybody listening right now, obviously you've been through a journey where you've experienced homelessness. You're now on a mission to help end homelessness in your community. You've struggled with depression. You found comedy to be able to overcome that. You're also using that comedy uh, to help you with your mission to end homelessness. What What is the final thought or advice that you leave with viewers today? I want them, not only do I raise awareness about homelessness, I also raise awareness about mental illness. And noticing the signs when people are are depressed. Um, take time out to give them your time. Start a, start a, a conversation. And not only with them, if you feel yourself starting to get depressed, find humor in something. Find a way to laugh. Find a way to feel better so that you can be in position to help someone else that's not feeling so well. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I love that piece of advice. And I would like to encourage the listeners to, we started out the show this this day talking about intention and how intention really does fuel intuition. Uh, my intention to put was put out there to be able to help people like you in finding the resources they need and to help get their message out. And of course, I met your son on an airplane, which is how we got connected. And you've just encouraged everybody to figure out a way to help somebody else. So I would like to close this show with a challenge for everybody that's listening to set an intention right now of one way or set an intention to find one person today that you can help make their life a little bit brighter, that you can help encourage them a little bit more. And now that you've set that intention, pay attention to those opportunities. Maybe it's a smile. Maybe it's a word of encouragement. Maybe it's a text or an email. But when we all come together and help to make each other's lives a little bit brighter, the world is going to be a better place. Thank you so much for joining me today and my special guest, Marshall Woodland, who is helping to end homelessness in St. Louis, who is striving to break a Guinness Book world record uh, and help end homelessness at the same time. Thank you for being who you are. And remember that you are are making a difference in the world. This is Allison H. Larson, and you've been listening to Spotlight. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show. 